Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the newspaper, Simon McLaughlin, the deputy sports editor of the Daily Telegraph, is on the line right now. Evening, my friend. Uh, how you doing? Uh, yeah, Marcy's week. So, yeah, it's, it's one of my favourite weeks of the year and um, plenty to talk about, isn't there? Yeah, it's, uh, so Reedy's over there. You know, funny, it's mm. it's one of those sort of, I don't know, is, is it a bucket list thing for, for journos? Is it something you sort of always say, yeah. oh, put your head, oh, I'll happy if you want to send me to Augusta. I don't know anything about golf, but I'm sure I can learn on the plane trip over just to be there. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, it, it most certainly is. I've worked with Brent for nearly 20 years, and he's covered a lot of golf tournaments, and he's never covered the Masters. Is and that right? he sort of had to bide his time and sort of, you know, suck up to all the right people, and he finally got there. It's a, there's a lot of potential sports journalists who could be going representing News Corp, so it's it's often a, used as a bit of a reward for... Uh, some of the better ones, so um, I'm really happy that he's got to go, and he's been really proactive about organising things because he's there along with uh, Brayton Asper, who's um, his NRL 360 colleague on Fox, and um, a couple of other journos, uh, Darren Walton from AAP and uh, Adam Pengelly from uh, Nine Newspapers are all there, and Brent's managed to get all of them into the page Saranic. Uh, exclusive party. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't so, know, she's a golfer turned sort of social media sensation, you know, not afraid to flaunt it, only fans page, that sort of vibe. That's Paige, who's, I think, about, what is she, about 30 mm. years of age now? She, uh, look, she's a very good self-promoter, I'll give her that. Well, I, I can imagine Brayson Astor will fit right into that party. Yeah. <laughs> He's known for uh, hanging out with all the glamour types. Yeah, it's it's funny you, you talk about that that journo crew over there. It's a um, number of years ago, before an Australian Open, uh, Golf Australia invited me and a, a number of the journos to play around it at Royal Sydney. So beautiful, and Reedy was going to be there. It was a late scratching, so unfortunately I couldn't test myself against Brent Reedy's mm-hmm. respective golfing skills. So I don't know how he goes in the golf mm-hmm. course. Suffice to say that <laughs> I um, do. <laughs> uh, good or horrible. He's got he's got the world's fastest swing. He's um clubhead speed is what sort of one thirty is it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's fast. It's he's got absolutely no control. He's mm. as you know he's he's a reasonably uh, short chap, uh, so he tries to make up for it by swinging really fast, and there's not a lot of control <laughs> there. But Isn't he's always funny? enthusiastic. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I never forgot that day. It was beautiful to play that, that course. It's a lovely course, and not too long mm. as well. I was teed up with a colleague of mine at the time, and Evan Priest, the, the golf journalist, and we defeated Adam Pingley, actually, with, with Mark Hayes, who was the media manager at the time. It was a very good day out, but I'm glad you told me that. So, you know, I can't say, oh, I already wasn't there. From what you're telling me, chances are that if he was, it wasn't going to affect uh, <laughs> the result <laughs> in the end. Hey, 
I don't know if you heard me talking about Gus. He mentioned on his Six Tackles with Gus podcast. I'll, I'll ask mm. you this off the bat, being a, a Dogs fan. Yeah. A, a, I'm with him here. This, mm. this seems odd, this turnaround. You play the last game all of a sudden. You've got to play the early yep. game Friday night. I mean, that, you're up against it, particularly with the, the uh, run absolutely. of injuries that you've had. Absolutely. And it's not something that, you know, that's some sort of surprise because the Dogs always play the day good Friday game against yep. the Rabbitohs. And, yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous short turnaround. There are some clubs that very, very rarely play anything less than six-day turnarounds. And, um, so this seems ridiculous. Like, the, forever and a day, the Broncos played late Friday nights. And, you know, they never had to do this sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, as you say, the Dogs are already pretty up against it with the, all those injuries. That was a really weird game on uh, last Sunday night where... As a fan, I sort of thought there was no way we were going to win that because it seemed like everything that could go wrong did go wrong, mm. even to the point where one bloke pokes the other bloke in the eye, takes takes him out, and then splits the webbing in his hand as he does it. Yeah. Um, you know, so many weird moments. So, thankfully, it was a low-scoring game and they were able to um, keep in touch with the Cowboys and sort of the last five minutes of regulation, they sort of, the luck seemed to go a little bit their way at the end. And, and then, of course, Matt Burton pulled off the miracle um, field goal in golden point time. So um, they got a bit of a tough run coming up. And as you say, there's a lot of injuries. So um, it's probably good to get those two points because there might not be that many for the next few weeks. Mm. Have you got Matt Burton penciled in for the, the Blues number six jersey yet or what? Uh, de- definitely not. Although I'm not sure I've got Jerome Lua locked in. Um, he's, I, I don't know, I don't I don't think he's... Still a bit early, ...the most convincing player. Yeah, it, look at his, there's time to go. But um, yeah, there's, there's a few other options out there. I, I look, I guess they'd go with the the Panthers duo, but it's not like you know, I wouldn't have Matt Burton there. He's yeah, we got Nico as an option too, I suppose. Option. Yeah, what about yeah. the Fox back on the wing or what? Um, I would he scores tries that no one else can, and yep. I know the reasoning is you know, he's not a big enough presence taking the ball off his own line or catching the ball in the air, but he does other things and uh, that no one can do so. I'd definitely have him there. Um, you know, he's probably one of those ones where whenever they don't pick in Queensland, it's relief. So, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wally used to say that about Brett Kenny. He said every time they didn't pick him as 5'8", we were celebrating. You know, that's, it's funny, isn't mm. it? Now, uh, mm. this has been the big story, hasn't it? This Tigers Anzac jersey blunder. I love this headline. Shirt hits the fan. The $50,000 blunder that sums up the Tigers. And... It's That's funny, right. when you, things aren't going well on the field, all this other stuff just gets exacerbated. Yeah, yeah look, that's right. It, it, it's, it's not the first time that, that this sort of thing's happened. They, they are a club that does seem to get things like this wrong a lot. We've estimated that it, it could be sort of between forty dollars and $80,000 mistake um, yeah. in terms of having to ditch the jerseys and... Um, you know, the, there's 500 ordered. The new ones that are coming, they don't have enough time to sell them. So um, it just sort of, it's blunder, one blunder after another. You've got uh, a group of fans saying that they'll turn up on Monday against the Eels and turn their backs on the team. 
um, between the 11th and 12th minute of wow. the match, which represents the amount of years that they haven't been in the finals. Um, you know, the whole thing about trying to get uh, the club trying to get the tick from the Australian Defence Force that seems to not quite hold up. Um, you know, Holsworthy, people at Holsworthy saying they didn't know anything about it. So, um, yeah, it's it's a huge error. I, I can see how it's happened. That image has that sort of orange dust on it, which is exactly the same colour as the, the Tigers jersey. So I can see someone going, look at that. There's some army people. That's the same colour as our jersey. Let's go for it without going the extra step to check if they were Australian soldiers or not. And then, of course, the next thing they do is get John Bateman, an Englishman, to yeah. model the jersey. So um, it's, it's a club that has some clunkiness in it on and off the field. And I don't know how, how much longer you can go without making some changes. Like, it's, it's, it's sort of getting to embarrassing levels, I think. Oh, it just stuns me, you know, this series of mishaps, how this could get through so many sets of hands without anybody just pausing it. Oh, we'd better double-check this stock photo. These actually you know, Australian mm-hmm. soldiers. That's interesting about the, you know, Holsworthy, because according to them, they said, no, no, this was signed mm. off by the Australian Defence Forces. So they've come out and said, well, actually, no, we don't know anything about it. Because I thought That's that right. that was yeah. very strange, that they would say, mm. we'll give that the green light. Yeah, no, that's right. No, it is strange, and, and apparently the uh, people at Holsworthy have backed away from that. Um, it, it, look, it is. It's just a matter of not being careful with what you do. I mean, what I do for a living, we deal with stock images all the time, yeah. and that's just the sort of thing you just would never do. And, and so, look, they're 0-5. I heard you say before that when you're losing, all these sorts of things get gets... Uh, amplified, but can you really see like a Broncos or a Roosters or one of those top clubs making this sort of an error? I just, I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I don't know what they do, quite frankly. Having said that, I mean they're playing the Parramatta Eels, and you know they can turn their back on on the game in the eleventh or twelfth minute because it's been that many years since they made the finals. Well, you know maybe don't do it against Parramatta who haven't won a comp since '86. At least the Tigers won a comp this millennium. You know, <laughs> Parramatta. Well, swap you 2005. Yeah. You know, yeah. Twenty right. odd years afterwards. There you go. Yeah, now outside yeah. backs have been warned to fix their tackling techniques after a spate of incidents involving wingers. Yeah. Look, this is a really interesting story because. Wingers traditionally were the little guys who never got in any trouble. In fact, they were the ones who were getting hurt by the big brutes, um, you know, with the high tackle or something like that. But, of course, modern wingers are huge, huge dudes um, most of the time. And they have... There's a spate of um, incidents involving wingers, and Graham Annesley's had to sort of come out and, and warn players about it. So you've got several players. It's all to do with... Um, the sort of rushing up and in defence, where if a player sees it, that um, his defensive line might be about to be sort of caught shorter and overlap, the winger will suddenly rush in on on the um, on a player that's just inside him, um, sort of hoping to get in as soon as he gets the ball. And a lot of the times they've got it wrong. So you got um, Bailey Simonson at Parramatta. Um, who clocked Tedesco, uh, the Dragons guy, Ravalawa. He's on a uh, grade one Kelly tackle. Junior Tupo with the Tigers, grade one shoulder charge. 
all uh, all wingers and all sort of catching blokes high because they're suddenly trying to rush in. So um, to me, it's sort of something that comes around. It comes about because you've got really a really fast attacking game now. Um, when a lot of people are loving the product uh, this year, a lot of close games as well. Turns out it's the closest competition since 1976, um, given the amount of um, close finishes. So, um, yeah, it's just an interesting little story, I thought, that, that wingers are usually the the uh, victims, and it turns out they're, they're out there um, blocking people as much as anyone. <laughs> well, the old adage, you know, is that why did wingers score many, so many tries? Because they're marked by other wingers, but you're right. You know, Ravalawa, mm. he's been sensational this year, but... He's only one sort of wrong hit away from another five weeks on the sidelines, such as his uh, history. Now, mm. we mentioned there at the top, the Masters, Simon. Uh, Adam Scott says there won't be any spats on the green at Augusta, but, hey, can we be so sure? Yeah, look, uh, golf's not the sort of sport that sees, you know, r- you know rumbles on the, on the greens or whatever. But, um and everyone's saying that everything's fine. Um, and, you know, and I sort of, for the most part, believe that that will be the case. But it's when you get the fans involved that I think you, you, that things can turn nasty. So Rory McIlroy, very, very vocal in his opposition to live. Um, a lot of big-time Americans, you know, who have been crowd favourites previously, like Duncan, Austin Johnson and Brooks Kupka, um, Kepka and... Uh, live the sexist Phil Mickerson, uh, sorry, the biggest one. Just feel like it might be the crowd that stirs things up a little bit, and you get, mm. you know, a situation where, um, you know, we're on the final day, big galleries. Something might be said. I, I look, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I know that that there have been things happen in the past. I know Craig Parry was leading the Masters. Uh, and complained that the Americans just oh yeah the whole time because they yeah. didn't want him to win. So 90, um, I'm trying to think what year that was. That 92. No, I'm a bit rusty on this too. I can't remember. I've interviewed him many times about against Freddie mm. Couples. Yeah, Down and the stretch, so, yeah. see, there, there you go. That sort of a situation. It just feels like the the, the it's a little bit uh, tensions are a little bit more heightened than they otherwise would have been in a regular Masters. So. Um, I would love to see sort of a head-to-head live golfer versus a PGA golfer. Just another little extra element of interest. And it'd be fun if it was Rory because it's very emotional and fired up. So um, yeah. Scotty Scheffler doesn't, does he? I'm not, I haven't got my head around Scotty Scheffler and whether I like him or not. Cause I, don't I like him. Find that oh, much he's interesting. just a... Yeah, it's still got a regular Joe, doesn't he? He's he's only young. He's what twenty six mm. or something, isn't he? He looks like he's thirty six. Uh, you know, yes. he's not cut like sort of Rory. He's, he's not the guy that goes to the gym all the time, but he's a hell of a golfer. Give him that. Yeah, Rory mm. gets a lot of knocks actually. Not you know, sort of people either love him or hate him. There's not a lot of in between. I like the guy. My brother can't stand him. It's it's funny, isn't it? But um, <laughs> you know, he 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 needs this to complete the career slam. He's been so so close. In the last year, mm. uh, you know, John Rahm, Scheffler, all the big names. Yeah, Smithy's form hasn't been great. You know, Jay Day, uh, wouldn't you love to see him sort of back after sort of reconstructing mm. himself with the back injuries? He, you know, he dropped out of the 100 and, you know, people thought, gee, he may never be back. But at his peak, gee, he was a supremely talented golfer. And I'd love to see him pitch yeah. in the top 10. I think he can. Absolutely. Well, look, 
It's funny we were talking about Brent Reid before because Brent's a Queenslander and loves Jason Day. He's also a Queenslander. And before he left for Augusta, I said, oh, you think you'll just cut and paste every other article you've ever written about Jason Day in your career about how, you know, quote, I think I'm getting back to my number one form. I think I can tend, contend in the majors. Sure enough, a couple of days ago, that same story appears. So I have heard it all and read it all before with Jason Day, but it is nice to see him sort of back and being a factor, I guess. But I don't, I don't have him winning the tournament, that's for sure. It'll be nice. And 10 years on, of course, since uh, Adam Scott did it. Remember Jim Nance? You know, there it is. He talked about that too. I think it was in the Howie Gaze podcast. His voice just sort of cracked and popped. You know, it's got a life changer and the Ian Baker Finch with that, that lovely line, you know, from down under to on top of the world. I'm getting excited for the Masters. Uh, good to <laughs> chat as always, mate. Some fantastic stories in tomorrow's Telegraph. We'll be tuning in. Thank you, Simon. Thanks a lot. See ya.